world of real and virtual auto sport meets. Mad Sim Racing Media presents the Into the Apex Podcast. And it's Into the Apex for MadSimRacing.com. Uh, Tyler, Bradley, and Rob back here again for another week. And uh, we're talking about a uh, little bit of the F1 race at Bahrain uh, that wrapped up. The season's coming to a close this weekend. And uh, really a heartbreak race for George Russell and the Mercedes. It was his, as it turns out now, his one chance, at least for the time being, in the uh, Mercedes uh, big league car, basically, uh, as Lewis Hamilton's cleared to return for the next and final race of the year. Uh, really, I think we were all watching it. Everybody was was pumped up for that F1 race because we knew going in that the result was going to be uh, something unique. And uh, we were you know, possibly watching somebody that could be the future of that team, uh, maybe at some point in George Russell. Uh, I think uh, we did some picks for that race. I think a few of us picked Max Verstappen to win. I was one of those. I think my order was Verstappen, Russell, and Botas. And after some uh, drama, uh, it ultimately turned out that that none of those guys got the podium. And we had a pretty unique podium. A pretty interesting winner nonetheless, but... Uh, Rob, I know you're an F1 fan and, and follower. That was uh, that was a heartbreaking thing to watch. It was heartbreaking, but at the same time, it was an exciting race to watch nonetheless. Like it just it depends on who you were kind of invested in, I guess, right? And yeah. you don't want to see people kind of lose that way, more or less. But uh, as much because as much as it was heartbreaking for Russell, you know, Valerie got uh, screwed over just as much. So you know, when they end up finishing that much that much down it's you know he probably wanted to win that race just to show that russell couldn't just come in and and do whatever he wanted but you know it's it it was tough on a lot of fronts and but but ultimately we got a a a different outcome and to see sergio perez end up winning uh hopefully really puts the fire to the feet for for red bull or i guess that's really the only seat available for him now if for them to boot out albin yeah, Twitter was uh, was pretty mad earlier this week. There were uh, rumors on Twitter of uh, claiming that it was confirmed that Red Bull had already brought in Perez. I think that turned out to be a rumor, uh, at least unconfirmed. But uh, he definitely, you know, did what he needed to do this week or last weekend uh, for Mercedes. That pit stop uh, for both of them, the double stacking. Uh, I've read a lot of follow up talk on that. Uh, it looks like they they had a radio communication error. And they claim they fixed that for this weekend. But uh, for George Russell, just the worst weekend to have that kind of confusion. I mean, watching it live and watching replays of it, I mean, the the pit crew looked absolutely confused uh, as both cars were double stacking there. Yeah, that's... And I, I don't know if you watch the actual debrief that the Mercedes guy does. They always post like a five or six minute video after every race and they go through an entire debrief. I really like those. That guy is a really likable character. I'll give him that. <laughs> Was that uh, Toto? It's not Toto. It's uh, um some other guy. <laughs> some Another Mercedes guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sergio Perez. Um Good win for him, a very emotional win for him. I think he's the first uh, Mexican driver to win in decades in Formula One. And uh, overall, still an interesting race. Um, So we look to uh, the final race of the season at Abu Dhabi and uh, see what can happen there. 
Uh, speaking of F1 style cars, uh, really the biggest thing of this week and what everybody's talking about uh, is uh, any of the new content for iRacing coming out in the new build. And I think the thing that caught us all by surprise last week and that we've all think for in my case, it was the first thing I rushed to buy uh, was the Delara IR01, which seems to be iRacing's new answer to uh, a world championship Formula One style open wheel car. And uh, this car has caused, uh, you know, it was exciting initially as we see the, the first teaser video just a week ago, but the car has had a little bit of controversy. I've seen mixed feelings online about it. Uh, it's obviously not perfectly easy to drive, not that it is really designed to be or should be, um, but uh, just some issues people have had with the steering. I think uh, you and I both found that the steering was a little twitchy on straights even, kind of an interesting thing with it. Yeah, it, it wandered a bit on the straights at high speeds, but even just the like the response, like I felt like it was just really like it's almost like I wanted a lower ratio for my steering. Like I felt like it was getting too much wheel turn for the input that I was giving at times. Yeah, the- so I felt like it would really snap and oversteer easily on me. But uh, I think that's one of the things that they had mentioned that they're going to fix because multiple people had mentioned it, and then also just that the force feedback was yeah. insanely strong. Yeah, are you sure? I mean, obviously, it's like an F one car. You can't can't uh, get down to first gear and then accelerate. I was trying to do that a little bit, a pretty amateur move, I guess, and spinning out. Uh, I tried one of the uh, week thirteen, the shiny new toy series or whatever it is at uh, Barcelona, and uh, rolling start. I think we were all kind of disappointed. I was. I thought we'd have a standing start. They did a rolling start, probably because uh, they didn't think people could handle the standing start, and it was in such a powerful machine. Uh, so rolling start, uh, made it maybe a couple laps, uh, carnage everywhere. I ended up spinning out, uh, at one point and I, I think I did two laps and just stepped away. I just kind of wanted to get a taste of it and I got myself out of the way. Um, uh, but, uh, it's definitely got some power to it and, and what a great sound as well. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely fun. But one thing I will contradict you on is that they said, I think it, they more or less, they wanted to hope that an open wheel style car that was really fast and fun to drive, but they did want it to be easy in, and relatively right. Yeah. Cause like, I know like I hop in during the test server there and I was driving the a class, the McLaren MP 40 or whatever it is. And that's not exactly an easy car to drive. And this one definitely feels a little easier than that. But I think it's also when they had mentioned when they're designing it, talking about like, making it easy to kind of follow other cars and stuff. So I'm assuming that implies that there's some sort of ground effect. So with that, and the, I think you kind of mentioned, it almost seems like it's in a formula 2022 kind of style with the ground effect. So we can race close to each other and the big giant wheels. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I've not done. I have not uh, driven an F1 car on iRacing since Williams, the Williams came out of not Don't own the McLaren. And uh, I guess I'm one of, it seems to not be too popular and I'm one of the, people that i guess hasn't bought into any kind of popularity because uh, i obviously have never driven it so it, i've always heard it's difficult to drive uh, so i'm i would bet it is more difficult than the ira one yeah i don't i don't know and it just whenever the, the the test servers were up during the maintenance and uh i found we were looking i was looking online trying to get a sense of everything uh, again on it and it uh, an engineer for iRacing apparently one engineer that worked on this project for the the, the uh, Delara IR01 uh, made a post for everybody asking for feedback and listing uh, things he was working on 
and it, it made a lot of people happy. He was listing pretty much everything everybody had as a critique. Uh, the first was wandering on the straights. Uh, he commented on that. Uh, he said, I think I've identified the root cause of that issue. Uh, he modified the tire construction to increase the self-aligning torque of the rear tires and just made some general adjustments adjustments there uh, to fix that. He's changed the steering speed, uh, adding uh, two slower steering ratio options and force feedback. He's decreased the force feedback by about 25% uh, to kind of make it a little more tolerable, get it in line with other cars on the service. Uh, said he thinks he's guilty of making his cars a little more aggressive uh, than others for some reason uh, and generally just asking for more feedback and a lot of people respond that those are pretty much their critiques uh, that are being addressed right away sounds like uh, the patch that may have just come out uh, won't have these fixes uh, but the next patch will as they continue to test this over long runs uh, so really responsive uh, from iRacing in that regard yeah I mean it's nice to see them uh, see them jump on the issues and take the feedback, um, which I think it seems like, and I read the same, same posts uh, that you saw. Um, and I'll comment overall what I've seen just browsing the forums the last uh, day or so since the build um, everywhere that I've seen multiple iRacing staff members have addressed uh, different issues and indirectly answered people's questions. Um, so it seems like they're taking on that infamous forum negativity. <laughs> um, this week um, one thing i wanted to go back and ask uh, rob about did you try the ir01 and vr oh sorry i didn't realize my mic got muted uh, yeah we did. and it's great yeah <laughs> i wanted to ask because i was just uh, reading a little bit about it where some people complained that uh, the windscreen caused some issues with line of sight and uh, also that the mirrors i guess that they've incorporated into the windscreen that are almost uh I don't know. It's like uh, part of the windscreen um, that, th that I, those are impossible to see. I don't know. I have the, just the virtual mirror okay. up on top. So I don't really, I don't really know if I've experienced that, but at first I almost felt like the windscreen was going to obstruct me, but it doesn't really. And at the same time, you can also just slouch down in your seat a little bit and then re like recenter your, true, yeah. uh, your head mount head mounted display and then when you sit back up normally you're you're set it up you're seated up a little higher and you can feel like you can see over it a little bit so there's a way to kind of compensate for it if you feel that yeah it's not like it's a real car where you really know what uh, position you should be in and it misses out with open wheel that's the beauty of it i guess there's no there's no roof to worry about you could lift yourself up in the vr that is a cool aspect of vr obviously you can't yeah. do that in a on monitors i noticed with that little windscreen on a single monitor because I'm the most primitive, uh, on our team. Uh, it may be a little distortion. Like I was testing, I think at, at sunset or, or late afternoon or something. Uh, so it was a little bit kind of orange, uh, in the sky, uh, kind of the color, general color of everything. And it kind of catches that color in the windscreen in a way. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it. So I noticed for a second, kind of a distortion. I was like, what's that? And, uh, it didn't take me long to realize that's oh, the little windscreen. And it didn't really distract me or cause me any issues on a, on a monitor at all. No, one thing I also found though in the VR is that it almost the car seems really big. I don't know if it's just because of the giant tires that it has, but it, like it has like this giant look to it, which is a little weird at first. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting in in uh, 
standing starts if they happen. I'm assuming people might have series or at some point we'll see standing starts with it. And uh, depending on the tracks, hopefully they just go to wide, huge tracks to handle it. Uh, I certainly hope we don't see the IRO one at, at Lime Rock. <laughs> That'd be chaotic. Oh man, <laughs> the, just standing starts and that with how fast it takes yeah. off. If someone and someone's any better taking off, it's just going to be carnage. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a super fast car, and like I said, uh, the sound of it uh, is is really something. It, it's a great sound uh, to have, and uh, just all those features. I mean, it it it's what I would want in an open wheel car. It's, I don't have any issues with it after testing it and seeing it and buying it that, you know, I have no issues that it's, it's a fictional content, so to speak. It really doesn't bother me at all. I know that was some of the talk last week when it was announced. Yeah. And like, it's fictional, but how, how many of us would really be surprised that if within the next five years it exists, right. but specifically by Delara? Yeah. Yeah. I could see him doing that. I mean the the uh, speaking of new cars, the the new BMW is debuting on iRacing. Obviously, it's a real thing, but uh, the new BMW, which looks like a Dodge uh, Charger or something from the mid two thousands, is uh, debuting on iRacing. So hey, I'm seriously excited for that one. I'd like to have a. I, I like driving GT three. So to have another like to have a new BMW is is top notch. Yeah, as much as I make fun of the grill on it. Uh, I still think as I, I think I like the look of it better than the current uh, or the previous yeah. BMW yeah, GT3. Before. It was a little, I don't know what my thought was on that car. The front was a little too rounded or something about the shape. Yeah, of I mean, it. it's, it's, I mean, it's aged a little bit um, and it's not one we've seen recently in real life competition. Um, this, I didn't personally, I didn't like the sound of that car, which I mean, I have some of the sounds on the, on the older GT3 cars are, not quite to my liking, but um, yeah, something about the cockpit view of that car, especially in VR, to me, uh, it just wasn't as nice when you when you come from the uh, M8 GTE, and when you look at the cockpit of this uh, new GT3, it looks a lot more like the M8. Yeah, because we did we spent as a team 24 hours in that uh, in the previous GT3 at the 24 hours of Spa, uh, and got our fill of that thing for sure. Oh yeah, most definitely. But I mean, it's. To this day, one of my favorite, most favorite cars in iRacing is the uh, BMW G, uh, GTE. <laughs> get, get it, get right it out. There's too many BMWs, but... Uh, I thought you were going to say GT4. I know how you feel about that thing with I, do, I like that car. I like to, to race it as much as I can. Um, I mean, the whole BMW family of cars now is is up to date for the most part. I mean, the M8 is still, still racing. It's not quite the exact same car. Um, some minor differences, like they took the, my favorite LED strip off the car. <laughs> uh, so, Bradley, you've not chimed in on the IRO1 because uh, w- the two of us have driven it. You have not bought it or driven it uh, so far. Uh, but me, Rob and I have not driven the IndyCar uh, Delora since they made their big adjustments on it, and you have. Um, I'm hearing that it's it drives... Uh, similar to how the Delara uh, P217 or the LMP2 drives now, and it's really one of the better things to come out of this build. Yeah, and admittedly, like I've said, uh, I think I've said before, at least in private to you guys, um, I haven't touched the IndyCar in quite a while, um, and it's certainly not spent a lot of time with it on the road track. 
Um, the only content I've bought so far this week uh, was Long Beach, and I knew I was going to buy that. Um, it's just, I mean, it's it's an amazing accomplishment for iRacing to to hear that they had scanned it back in 2006 and just didn't have either the time or capability at the, at that moment to to do it. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely one of the most, uh, I guess the way I would describe it is full tracks in the service um, as far as ambience and things around to see in the track. I mean, you could drive drive it slowly and just look at everything. So uh might have been part of the fact that I was running the Indy car there and it was open cockpit and you can take a look around at everything. Uh, but I mean, it, it felt great to me. Um, the tires and, and the grip on the tires and the different compounds um, felt noticeably different to me, um, especially, I mean, it's kind of not, it's not exactly the best uh, test of performance because it was my first time in the car in a while, first time in that car with my new wheel um, and one of my few times on the track. But I mean, if they felt the pairing of the two felt perfect. Um, the Indy car there, which you have to be absolutely precise with, or you're going to put it straight into the wall, which I did a few times and got to experience that new uh, damage model. Um, which is a little on the sensitive side. Um, it's different in an open wheel car than it is in, say, the uh, Arca car uh, with the new, new damage model. But uh, yeah, I lost a few tires. So but, what uh, what do you get in that new damage model for those who haven't uh, messed with it yet? So I think it's on a few of the other, maybe one or two of the other open wheel cars, or maybe just one. Um, I, honestly, I don't spend a lot of time in open wheel. Um, I plan on it with this new official season. I plan to do more of the Indy car, especially the Indy Road Series. Um, that's actually why I didn't buy the IR01. Um, I didn't want to water down my experience with open wheel. I wanted to spend more time in the Indy car. But uh, yeah, I mean, you lose tires. Um, if you hit the wall or barely graze it, you would lose tires. Uh, one issue I found, um, I would spin out a couple times and I put it in reverse to back back up and turn around and uh, not realizing I had very little clearance in the back. I just barely tapped the wall and lost my back wing. Um, so, I mean, it, it seems kind of like it wasn't the same issues where they had with the uh, cup cars, the NASCAR class A cars, where drafting or, or minor taps would cause the bumper to entirely fall off. Um, I mean, it was entirely too sensitive. It does feel very sensitive. Um, it takes getting used to, but I think the uh, natural and normal behavior when crashing um, kind of makes up for it. I mean, the car kind of moves as though it has some weight to it. It doesn't move as though it's, I don't know, it's just the physics feel much, much better. As you can probably see it in uh, the videos that they released, um, it doesn't feel like NASCAR 2003 used to. Yeah, the, I was reading, uh, maybe I still haven't driven the IndyCar and I'm going to probably uh, very soon. Uh, give maybe, it a try. Give it a try at Long Beach. Yeah, because about 30 minutes before we sat down to do this sh this episode this week, uh, I was reading uh, for the first time, uh, actually saw a discussion where uh, people are saying that it's the best part of the new build. And I hadn't heard that, hadn't been exposed to that info yet. And uh, I think that's great. I'm, I'm like you. I've not really driven the had an opportunity to drive the Indy car on road courses that much. Indy road back in month of May, I did an Indy Grand Prix. Uh, but other than that, I spend a lot of time. I know, Rob, you do too. And the uh, Indy Oval Series, the fixed setup series. I know we love our Indy cars at those particular speedways um, and have a good time with those. Uh, but haven't gotten to spend too much time on a road course. This might change that a little bit. 
Yeah, I'd say for sure. Because again, I just haven't been racing as much oval period and Indy was always the one where it was just a little more competitive so it was something I could always jump to whenever the you know cup cards or whatever just weren't going my way but now that I'm really just racing a lot more road and whatnot and now with these new changes I'll definitely have to try and it. We've got the tire compound differences that's in the uh, IR01 I that's I believe that's came with the Indy cars as well is that what you guys understand? I, did it come with the with the Yeah, the I, uh in my Barcelona uh shiny new toy whatever whatever it is session you can choose uh soft medium hard tire compound and uh yeah because people as we were it was kind of new as we were gridding and doing the pace lap everybody's asking each other what tire compound they started with as a whole new whole new strategy to me i was gonna ask how does that uh, come into play and what are the rules in iRacing to implement that i know with the indycar uh, I think the only official iRacing rule, at least right now, is uh, that you have to to use the compounds you qualified with. I know I think it's an official IndyCar rule um, that you have to use the alternate compound for at least two laps. Um, but uh, I don't I don't think iRacing has any particular method to it right now. It'd be interesting to see. I would think for most sessions, there no, there probably won't be anything. It'll just be the strategy of who thinks they can, you know, just using them and managing them kind of thing. I'm assuming any, like, regulation kind of level stuff will only come into, like, certain series or something like that when people are actually racing for something. Yeah, I need to do my homework on that uh, as far as what they have to know if officially. Uh, I depends. I guess depends on if I race in any of those series very often, then obviously – you need to know what what to do and what the case is, but uh, just having that start to spread out. I mean, we had the as far as tires go uh, in oval, we had the tire limits and, and different series. The tire limits we have found that to be really interesting strategy wise and uh, oval leagues. We do that in the Blade Node uh, Pro Cup series on Thursday nights, um, and that adds makes for a very interesting strategy in that series. And I think anything like that in any any type of race road oval endurance having a limit having different factors to have to strategize i mean it makes it less it makes it more difficult more complicated but uh, as we'll get into later this episode the whole technology and everything going around i racing is getting more complicated and more realistic too yeah hopefully weather will be the <laughs> next jump yeah no that's our that's what we're always in the back of our minds here on into the apex yeah weather rain um for me the biggest one i want is uh audio i know we got x audio and that made some difference but some of the cars particularly the corvette i mentioned that on our team discord the corvette sounds are just entirely disappointing to me and maybe it's just the uh the headphones on my oculus cv1 you want to be louder or what do you want I don't know. It has no depth to it whatsoever, which I know they're working on improvements to the audio through uh, the X audio, but it just, I don't know. It sounds, it, it sounds, we- it sounds weaker Outrage. than the BMW GT. Yeah. I have Corsair headphones that I, I race with and it does sound weaker. I drive it in the MSR Road Challenge Series full time there and uh, the sounds are not as good as the BMW, but that, I guess that's a preference thing. I don't know what that would yeah. be. I mean, well, I mean, sounds in general, I think they could do a lot better with. I mean, not that I'm an expert in uh, video game programming, but right. I don't know. That's that would be one that would please me to know. Well, to well, based on based that. on how responsive can, the iRacing folks are on the forums and all, you probably could throw it out there and get a response. Yeah, 
they would at least explain what the process is. Yeah. If you've tried any of the other racing sims or games, like iRacing is really behind yeah. sound wise. And that's that's what I'm basing on is watching videos of some of these uh sim racing YouTubers playing a set of Corsa and some of these different games. There's just more car sounds. There's more individual sounds of things happening in the car that uh, you don't get on iRacing. Yeah, I don't watch those videos. That's uh it's blasphemy for iRacing. <laughs> I don't watch those arcade games. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, iRacing, they didn't. They seem to have to backtrack a little bit on. Uh, I guess we can say this: Coca Cola Super Speedway. Are we going to get a cease and desist? I'll throw it. I'll say it once. Uh, we were all talking about it. We know it is Coca Cola Speedway Super Speedway from NASCAR 2003 season. It seemed like uh, Coca Cola has a good relationship with uh, iRacing, but uh, they had to delay the release of the track and. Uh, uh, they had to call it iRacing Super Speedway. And we just got it uh, this week, a little bit later, uh, but it's without any kind of sponsorship. I don't really know that that matters. I mean, who really cares? Yeah, I think, same I think, a lot of, think a lot of people are going to still call it Coca-Cola Super Speedway. So if you're Coca-Cola, I mean, how many times have I said it in the last minute? It's free advertising at this point if they're not going to support it. Yeah. Well, I think uh, if they were smart, Pepsi would come in and buy the rights to it or, or pay to have their name placed on the track that would be a, a wise marketing move <laughs> yeah it'll from if it's if it's that it'll got kind of like the story of going all the way back to 2003 and like people have been around all that time it'll to a certain group it'll always be coca-cola super speedway yeah it's like we have this little dingy store where all the crime in town and not that we really have much here, but if it happens it happens right around this store and it was called ken's corner like before i was even alive it's got like 50 different owners but everyone still yeah, calls it Ken's it corner. yeah His, i mean it yeah i mean have any of you guys tried it i have not i said uh, i have yet to buy it i mean i remember yeah, it here. uh i think all i've seen i saw a short video clip of somebody driving an indy car at it and they self-spun on the high banking and the banking was so steep that they it knocked off the wings uh, just from hitting the transition from the banking to the apron. So that's interesting. It's it's going to be a violent place to to try to get off track and avoid a wreck from the apron. It seems like, at least in the open wheel car. Yeah, it's going to be uh, like I remember it back in the day. It'll be an interesting uh, physics sandbox for wrecks. Uh, my favorite pastime event, I think I mentioned on one of the earlier episodes of the podcast, was to uh, get the AI going around Coca-Cola Super Speedway and uh, just stopping in the track and then driving backwards against traffic and seeing if I could take everybody out. <laughs> so uh, you said yeah, that's, uh, It's with AI and not uh, in a hosted session? Oh, you, well, hope, you would hope not in a hosted or official session for that matter. Um, but yeah, I watched... Uh, then you're not going to get suspended from the whole service. Back then, you were kind of free to do whatever and whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which iRacing has too, but I don't think they have it on this track. But yeah, I watched uh, Dave Cameron um, test it out, and I know he hit 250, and it looked absolutely chaotic, but yet he was having a blast. What What car was he in? The uh, Class A Cup car. Oh Jesus! Yeah, going two hundred in Class A. Yeah, two fifty. You could pretty much put the car anywhere. Um, wow. I mean, it was. I mean, I remember that's what it was, but it, I just haven't thought of anything like that since. You know. 
it's it's going to be crazy for official league races or races that count for something that aren't just kind of fun runs, you know? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how leagues and iRacing implement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know our, our Oval League has got has already just thrown out there, you know, if there's interest in putting it on the schedule or, or that kind of thing. Uh, also talk about uh, road courses. I mean, in NASCAR, I don't know if people, certain demographic of NASCAR fans have mixed feelings, but they're adding more and more road circuits to NASCAR in the next season, including uh, because of the pandemic, I'm assuming they're not going to California uh, to Fontana. They're going to uh, Daytona road course in the cup cars right at the week after the Daytona 500. Uh, so that's yet another road circuit uh, being added to the schedule. You got the Roval and what they're going to Coda and they road America has been out there at least in Xfinity. Yeah. I mean, they're trying their best to uh, capture an audience in real life NASCAR racing. Um, I mean, honestly, I can speak for probably, I know for you, Tyler, um, IMSA and, uh, road racing and for you guys f1 um, and even indycar just eclipse anything that nascar has to offer to date i think um so i mean that's uh i mean i saw that in person um in charlotte back in october i mean the the uh, xfinity race was fun just because it was at a road course and there was weather and and new stuff um and it was exactly because of those new new pieces to the to the nascar puzzle that made me interested in it, even though I hadn't been watching it or following or really knew who many of the drivers were. Uh, but still, the IMSA race was the highlight, uh, very much so. So, I mean, yeah, there's a core audience to NASCAR that are not going to be into IMSA and WEC and Le Mans series and all those things. But Le Mans. <laughs> Le Mans. The Le Mans series. Le Mans series, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a core yeah. audience for both. Um, I just happen to be part of, and I say this as, and you too, Tyler, a lifelong, or at least growing up, childhood into adolescence, uh, or, you know, teenager years, NASCAR fan. Mm -hmm. And having never really paid attention to IMSA other than the uh, Daytona 24, which, I mean, it wasn't, it was kind of different then, but, mm -hmm. um I mean, yeah, I think uh, they need to do what they can. It'll be inter interesting to watch, but uh, we'll have to see what the results are. Yeah, you pull in possibly some IMSA fans, and F1 in America has grown. It's, I mean, it, it's it's on ESPN, and uh, before that it was on NBC. It's it's It kind of came off. I remember when I first started watching it, it was kind of stuck on Speed Channel, and, and now it's on maybe more, you could say, a more prominent kind of network. I mean, other times it gets kind of stuck on ESPN too, but... Nevertheless, it gets covered. Uh, it seems like a little more, uh, and the races are a little shorter. And uh, to me, is just more a little more excitement to it. Even though the same person wins every week, I know it's weird to say that, but just watching the cars go at their speed uh, is just something to see. Yeah, and the new. I'm interested in the new NASCAR, um, the next generation NASCAR. It looks more like a GT type car than it does a NASCAR. Um, and the wheels look much nicer. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, in 2023 uh, or 2022 when they imp actually implement it, that uh, iRacing would have it and what a, what a reception is in iRacing will be. Uh, because if the plan with NASCAR sticks, then I think this might be the last year we'll have with these uh, this style of Class A NASCAR cup car. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see for the the Class A, B, C side of iRacing to to get those changes. I think a lot a lot of the excitement has come for the road vehicles um, or open wheel vehicles. Uh, we're we're leaving out the big block modifieds uh, because I think the three of us here wouldn't really do them justice. We're not uh, none of us three are dirt drivers. Uh, I will say our endurance director, uh, he's a pro road racer, but he's also a dirt racer. He's been racing the big block modified all week, Bruce Perry, and he's going to be actually racing a Mad Sim Racing uh, modified in the Can-Am Racing League uh, starting pretty soon. So we're actually on our website and Facebook. You'll be seeing some Mad Sim Racing uh, dirt vehicles more than you're used to, and I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, But other than that, I can't can't really do justice. I don't think any of us, I think we'd all agree, we can't do justice to road car or dirt cars. Uh, but uh, I, my understanding is that's well uh, liked as well as far as the new build. So on the next part uh, of Into the Apex, we're going to get into Bradley's uh, BMW wheel experiences, and we're going to talk about real and sim racing engineering and feature an interesting new service for that. Uh, but first, we want to tell you about some of our great sponsors uh, on Into the Apex. Some great companies stepping up and joining us uh, to support the show and Mad Sim Racing and the Mad Sim Racing Endurance Team. Uh, we have Roscoe Wheels joining us. Roscoe Wheels is confidence-inspiring aluminum. This means confidence in quality and confidence in self. Confidence in quality, meaning they want their customers to know that their wheels are produced to the highest standard and tested to be as strong as anything on the market and are designed to keep you safe. Confidence in self, meaning they want their styles and fitments to make customers feel the way you did when you walked into high school with a brand new pair of shiny shoes. Giving you confidence in yourself when you show up, whether it be to work or any event, knowing you look awesome. This episode is also brought to you in part by the racing fans at Great Hire Staffing. Whether you need help hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire can help. Hiring good people is hard work. Great Hire does it quickly and economically so you can focus on what's important, running your business. Check them out online at greathirehr.com. Finally, this episode is sponsored by Bad Weather Brewing Company out of St. Paul, Minnesota. With craft brews like the Immortal Toast Infused White Stout or the Red Vein Red IPA, on tap or in the can, it's how endurance drivers celebrate post-race. Find your new favorite craft beer and order your mugs at badweatherbrewery.com. we're back on into the apex uh in the last part of the show here we want to we kind of teased last week that bradley had just gotten his new bmw wheel uh, from fan attack and was getting that all hooked up and hadn't had it set up yet i think when we last talked or hadn't tried it yet and uh wanted to hear your review of it so to speak and i think you had a hell of a time getting that thing going bradley yeah, I mean, it wasn't, uh, so I, th- I guess funny story from last week uh, when we left off in the drama that was installing the uh, Fanatec wheel, um, I was trying to find bolts at the local hardware store, and my complaint was that they didn't have the ones I needed, which was accurate. The problem was, yes, they uh, did not have them, and I'll preface all of this by saying that uh, in the manual, it doesn't say anything about extra bolts. It mentions nothing about uh, providing anything to actually mount the uh, wheelbase to any kind of rig. 
And when I researched it online, they said, yeah, it doesn't come with the bolts because everybody's rig thickness is different. So uh, you would have to get them on your own, get get everything you need and go from there. Um, so I went and bought an, another set of bolts, returned the ones I had used or had purchased, which are the wrong ones. Um, the ones that I bought uh, the second time around, I got here with them, didn't work. Uh, once again, everything was wrong about them. They didn't screw through because of the holes in the uh, mounting piece on the bottom of this Club Sport uh, V2.5, they're actually threaded. Um, at least mine were. They were the holes in, that would attach a bolt to the rig were threaded. So you can't just slide it through the pedals. You can do that. Um, in fact, I just, just recently mounted those without a problem. Uh, with what I bought at the store. Um, so nothing I could find would work um, to attach the thing to the rig. So I happen to think, well, it says here there's four bolts in the box um, that are used, and it comes assembled to attach the bracket. Um, so anyone unfamiliar, the Club Sport V2.5 can either be mounted flush on something where it's just straight and flat, and you directly attach it, uh, but out of the box, it comes with an angled, I think it's 20 degrees, um, angled up, which I think for most people is the more comfortable position for it. Um, that comes pre-attached with the bolts that you would need to mount it. Same size, everything. So I checked the box because I brought everything in the room where my rig is, and sure enough, there's a little plastic bag in there with four bolts perfectly sized for what I needed. I don't know what they're for. They're not accounted for in the manual. There's nobody online, Reddit, everywhere I've checked um, that mentions them or what they're for uh, because they're not the ones, the only, it, in the manual, it tells you everything included in the box. And the only bolts it mentions are the bolts used, like I said, to attach the uh, mounting adapter, the angled mounting adapter to the base itself. And it's already assembled. There's th I think there's actually three bolts attaching that in a triangular pattern. Um, but for some reason, they were in the in the box. So I spent two days not using it and looking everywhere and just being pissed off that I couldn't use the new thing I bought and didn't check the box. Um, I still to this day I don't understand exactly what those are supposed to be used for. I mean, it seems to that they're perfectly used for this. Now it didn't include, did not include washers or nuts. So that that's what tells me that it's. I guess they're just spares. So uh, to highlight for everybody, your uh, the hardware store is not your natural habitat. Is no, it's right? not a place I've I've been there three or four times in the last few days since I bought this, and that's the most I've been there in the last ten years. You're not but slapping on your tool belt every weekend and and building not, things like this, right? Not at all. And I mean, it showed. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's not even that. I mean, it. I figured it out. Um, I mean, for the most part, it was it was fairly easy. To, uh, to install once I had the right sized uh, bolts. Um, and it's been pretty sturdy. Um, so that I meant to go on to that, I've got a uh, GTR, GTA cockpit, which is not the strongest you can buy, but it's not the weakest either. Um, and it's, I mean, it rattles a little bit and that's just because of how powerful the wheelbase is. Um, so, I mean, when I go over uh, rumble strips and curbs, when I hit the, hit the gravel, go through the grass, um, and then on heavy braking in certain cars, um, I'll hear it. I'll hear it outside of my headphones. It does vibrate, kind of a metal vibration sound. Um, probably from the rig uh, where it's mounted is vibrating. But uh, in a way, I like that. 
uh, because what it does for me in this rig, the GTR, of which I think Rob has the same one. So I don't know if his he has the same experience. I know he has slightly. You have Thrustmaster equipment, I believe, but uh, it actually almost simulates what a butt kicker would do. At least what I think it would do. Because when I hit a, a rumble strip, I feel it in my seat. I feel it throughout the cockpit because the pedals vibrate with their modal, motors. Uh, the entire wheelbase vibrates. At least that's what it feels like to me. I know there's haptic motors or vibration motors in the wheel itself uh, because you can test them out and you can feel it directly. Um, and it's almost directional. Uh, it could just be me perceiving it wrong or hoping it that way. But it feels to me like if I if I only the left side tires go over the strip, I feel it more on my left side, whereas on the right side, it's the same thing. Now, that could just be totally me and VR completely almost fooling myself that I'm in a real car. But, uh, I mean, it feels great. It, the immersion factor has gone up quite a bit. Now, if, if only I could get a new headset uh, to get better resolution in VR, I would be set. Yeah, you said it helped you. You feel like it helped you as a driver. Yeah. Uh, After after getting pedals first because you thought that uh, the pedals would make the biggest difference, do you feel like one particular difference Um, over the other? Yeah, I think, uh, no, I think it's true having the pedals, uh, especially having load cell pedals and high-quality pedals, um, will make you faster. That's a consensus consensus throughout sim racing. Um, I don't know if it's made me faster, it's maybe certainly more consistent. Um, and I'm not using the uh, brake performance kit, which I think would would even make that uh, more apparent. Um, having a stiffer brake, I think, in general with the load cell makes it easier to modulate the pressure and be more consistent. Uh, but I like a little bit of travel. I kind of like the uh, squishiness of the pedal. Um, it's, I mean, it's subjective. It's whatever your preference is and what you learn. Um, I would absolutely recommend if you have a G29, get the V3 pedals first. That way, when you get the wheel, the learning curve is not incredibly steep uh, because it will take you time to get comfortable with a new set of pedals, whereas a wheel is a wheel. I mean, it turns, the force is a little different, it's smoother. Um, and it, yes, it, I think it was worth the money, um, but uh, the pedals, it takes more time to learn and get comfortable with. What do you think with that, Rob? Would you agree? Agree? Would you feel that uh, wheel has been more helpful, or pedals are equal? My wheel has changed my driving, in all honesty. So, like the pedals, definitely are great, and they've made me a little more consistent. But the wheel, I, I don't know. There could be a lot of reasons for. It. I think it's just I, I find myself able to drive a little more aggressive because I find it way harder to spin it now to self spin, unless I'm like. You know, you have those times where like, your back tires clip something like goes off track or something in a turn and it just kind of insta spins you still have those but like just the other kind of self spins that would normally happen don't really anymore so i find myself just a little more aggressive in the car and uh yeah that'd be my biggest thing and i don't i think part of it's probably the increase in resolution as opposed to like what the g29 or my old tmx wheel this is like full 16 bits of resolution so you just get so much more input both back and forth and from hearing that from both of you wise. i've heard it from you um just in talking about what you think about like you bradley in the new wheel as one of the last g29 uh, kind of budget racers on on our team at least it's uh it's very compelling uh, for me to get it uh, obviously the my hang up is the budgetary thing and feeling that I have to get, I, you know, I can't get that stuff. And, and 
attach it to my desk in my kind of beginner's way, have to buy the whole kit and caboodle to, to have one of those things. I need to buy the whole rig, build the rig, uh, get the wheel, the pedals. So it's, it seems, uh, I think for somebody in my position, maybe somebody that's just starting, they have to get over that hump of, uh, can I afford this? Is it in the budget? Uh, can I build all this? Is it, if I build it all, is it going to work out? Uh, or is, it, is something going to go wrong? I know, Bradley, you've had a quite a time with just about every aspect of your rig uh, from building it uh, to getting the pedals mounted. I think they weren't mounted, you said, and maybe just this past week before you mounted them, they fell or they shifted while you were in no, the that was That was easy, though. That was more okay. my my laziness when I first oh, got okay. them on the single uh, plate. I mean, the rig has been <laughs> awesome. That explains that. Yeah, it was laziness. <laughs> oh, so I mean, you they just them there and hope they wouldn't move. Well, I put them, it's an angled uh, plate and the pedals have a uh, rubber pieces on each side. So I put it on there first and it didn't move. And uh, so I kept it that way just because uh, I couldn't really find a good place with pre-drilled holes to mount it. Um, but yeah, I did Lamont practice for the uh, MSR challenge the other night. And uh, in the end of the long stretch, uh, it finally started sliding on me. Um, it did it at the last MSR challenge race too. Um <laughs> So I actually took everything apart and found decent place to mount it where it's kind of similar to where it was and it's, it's fine. So, I mean, no complaints. The rig has been fine. Um, I mean, the issues I've had, um, issues I've had haven't been that big. I mean, I've been probably more melodramatic about it than it really is, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's working fine. I have no complaints. Uh, one thing I was going to say, Tyler, is... Uh, one way I justified it to myself and there's out there who have G29s that are not so old. I mean, mine's two or three years old. Um, obviously you're going to try to sell your G29. At least I am. Um, and you could probably get that for up to $200 based on what kind of quality it's in. So, uh, just factor that into it. Give yourself a rebate there. A yeah. Bit. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a beautiful wheel, and uh, we put up on the Mad Sim Racing Instagram, BMW put out another uh, new formula wheel, which is really cool looking, and I think is also going to be used in a real-life BMW, as well as sim racing. Uh, so some of those wheels, you look at them, and it's it's hard not to want to get one of every single one of them. Uh, so for the last part of the show, we're going to feature a service website that is not a sponsor, it's not a partner. Uh, of Mad Sim Racing or the Mad Sim Racing team or into the Apex in any way. Uh, but it's something I've kind of looked at. Uh, I've not really uh, made use of it so far, uh, but I've looked at it with a lot of interest. And I think at some point I'm, I'm going to be compelled uh, to use uh, at least a couple of the services offered on it. And uh, that's a uh, iRacing, Sim Racing, and Real Racing service. It's called a Cup of Racing, like a cup of coffee. Uh, their website's a cup of racing.com and uh, it's run by uh, a European uh, race engineer, a professionally trained, educated race engineer uh, who engineers for sim racing and what's interesting to me, uh, real motorsport uh, in Europe. And uh, on their social media, they've put images within the last recent months uh, of them. Uh, working on real GT cars in Europe, as well as sim racing teams. Uh, and they get, they appear to give each the same time of day, the same legitimacy. And that is something that kind of sticks, stuck out to me and, and really draws my attention to it. And it's, it's continuing. It's almost like our future of sim racing series in a way, 
of uh, how it continues to legitimize sim racing, sim racing teams, uh, and and the time and work that's put into building them and running them. Uh, us being one that's that's kind of an upstart over the last year trying to do that. Uh, and it's that's kind of what I wanted to focus on with this particular service. Uh, they offer setup subscription plans like like VRS, Craig Setup Shop. Uh, so that's not particularly you know the new you know, the first time that's been done. Uh, and even some of the telemetry and data analysis, I, I know VRS has some of that as well. Uh, but I don't know that VRS some of those services offer uh, services to both sim and real motorsport. Um, as well as, and that's just kind of something interesting to me. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to, to browse their stuff or what your guys' thoughts are on that, uh, in particular. We can't help but be interested whenever it's got the real life aspect to it, right? Like there's that air of legitimacy yeah, that I mean, comes with that, right? To have someone that, that one weekend they're scheduled to, to work with, with real GT cars, uh, and, and some kind of, you know, endurance race or, uh, sports car race and then uh, the next day they're scheduled uh, for sessions with mad sim racing for example or or another esports e team i mean that's that's as cool as it gets and that uh, you know without any second thought about it uh, they're given uh, doing the work for each one and i would imagine applying the same principles and, and data analysis to both uh, and improving the drivers in just the similar or same way Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna poke around a little more. Like I said, it only kind of poked up for us recently, so something where I'll have to actually kind of look through their page. I haven't gone to the actual website. Yeah, they've become more active. I, so I found them maybe four or five months ago as they were had just started. Uh, I noticed in some different iRacing groups uh, they were sharing what they had to offer, and I even had reached out to them uh, just to see what they offered and uh, putting it in the back of my mind for say the 2021 endurance season if we wanted to as our team to go down the road of uh, bringing somebody on to consult uh, even for just a couple testing sessions uh, if it my understanding is if if your team wanted to to use their services you could have them as a race engineer team principal or something like that for a whole race even a whole 24-hour endurance race and that really stuck in my mind uh as something of, I mean, how legitimate would that be to have your, your sim racing team uh, organized and prepare for say the 24 hours of Daytona, 24 hours of Le Mans, Nürburgring, whatever, and, and bring your own race engineer in uh, to support your whole team for a whole racing event. I mean, that, that is something Bradley, I know you and I, when we were racing in our 2003, uh, not even endurance racing, day, night transition, things like that weren't even on our mind much less uh, the possibility of hiring and bringing in race engineers to support our team built around this kind of racing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely showing what the potential future of sim racing could be. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's uh, it seems like uh, this year, for obvious reasons, uh, the crossover from real racing and real motorsport to sim racing and racing in particular um, is growing. And it's something I don't see going backwards. I don't see it changing. Um, the real teams are becoming more involved in sim racing. The drivers themselves uh, are more involved in sim racing and iRacing um, and different services. So, yeah, I mean, it's only natural something like this would come up. I mean, especially in a time when some of these organizations 
um, or individuals who do these things for real life teams all of a sudden don't have that many real life teams they can work with. Um, it's the natural market for that type of thing where the, uh, the cars are modeled pretty much the same, if not, ex- I mean, exactly the same. So the information, the setup building, the strategy, as far as pit stops and changes to the car, um, it all, I mean, it makes sense. It's almost like, well, why, why didn't we have this sooner? And I guess it's because the opportunity in the market wasn't exactly ready for it. Uh, but I think we're definitely there now. I mean, you've got more manufacturers with buy-in with Delara, Porsche, BMW, uh, just to name a few in iRacing. Um, so, I mean, it's hopefully they grow. Um, like I'm kind of with Rob. I haven't looked uh, a ton at it right now. Um, I know we just kind of brought it up for this, but uh, it's an inter- interesting concept. Yeah, I mean, it goes to show how in all the top splits and all of the, the, the upper parts of these events, whether it's endurance or otherwise, uh, the competition's fierce and the competition is serious and, and sponsorships are, are legitimate and, and the teams are legitimate. And it's, uh, I think we'll see more of that. I know we've talked about Sim Racer coin. They've actually uh, announced recently uh, the name. I think it's uh, Sim Racer Thunder or something to that, that extent of the marketplace that they had announced. So that is on its way and uh, services like this, I think it all ties in and, and possibly um, all fits into that kind of scheme. So I think it's a great, great thing that to, to come to sim racing, to I racing and uh, yeah, just really, really original. And we see more original stuff. We like to give it the time of day and like to point it out. And we're always keeping an eye out for that, that kind of thing. So share it with us on, uh, Mad Sim Racing's Facebook or uh, contact us on madsimracing.com. So next week uh, we we come back, we'll talk more and and get into some more of the new content and and check out what it is and and kind of continue to get a sense of everything as things get tweaked and updated over time. Uh, but for this week, we'll wrap up into the apex and uh, we'll join you next week. You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com.